I'm CJ Von Essen. I'm Alexa Zamora. And we will be watching every single comedy movie made in the year 2007. Oh seven. Oh seven. episode out a little bit a little bit differently because you know we're not putting out episodes as quickly as we are and I don't want people to forget like who we are so I thought like we could introduce ourselves you know so um, I'll start first my name is Alexa and I like to party so now it's your turn <laughs> at first I had no idea what you were doing you're ruining but, the bit <laughs> but now I see it no I'm gonna continue with the bit okay. damn it okay I'm uh, Alexa and my- I like to party and, uh, my name is CJ, and I like to party. No, you can't say that you like to party. I can only party. You can't. My name like is Ale- My name's Alexa. No, I'm Alexa. And what? No, you say your name. My name is CJ and blank. I don't understand. <laughs> I like to party. Okay, the, this is CJ, and he he likes to do podcasts. Anyway, let's party. <laughs> Welcome to every comedy in 2007. Welcome. If you enjoyed that awkward humor, <laughs> boy, do we have a movie for you. We have a film for you, y'all. We watched Hot Rod today. And what year did Hot Rod come out? Oh, um, you know, let me just search the Rolodex in my brain. Uh, oh, yeah, 2007. Mm, would you look at that? <laughs> This movie was absurd. It was, it was crazy. It was. It was a crazy. It was a crazy little. A crazy little number. Um, but I liked it. <laughs> you sound so confident. I. Listened. I liked parts of it. I. I definitely liked parts of it, and there's parts I did not like. I. I liked the experience that I had while watching it. I've been a very stressed out. I had a very stressful day today. Yeah, yeah. Um, before CJ and I started recording, I uh, pulled out my... Oh, I have a new... Congrats to me. I have a new computer now and a new headset. Congrats to you. Thank you so much. So I was like, I'm so jazzed. I'm going to use my, my own computer. I don't have to borrow my roommates <laughs> anymore. I fucking pop it open. I open up Audacity. Did you know that MacBooks do not have USB ports? Alexa didn't. Alexa did not. I don't. I'm not like a Mac person. I don't. I. I have an iPhone. But you know like what? That's the extent of my Apple products. So I went. To Listen, a- you're a trooper though. I because did. rather than like calling it quits or trying to ricky dink something with a bad recording setup, you just were like. I got a text saying, like, I'm just going to go to Walmart real quick. I was like, I have to figure something out. CJ's like, what are you thinking? I was like, I'm going to Walmart. <laughs> All right. Okay. Cool. So I went. To you Walmart. made the trek. I. You made did the it. Trek. I stood outside the line of Walmart in the rain. Um. And then it's I, raining. Yes, it's fucking raining. I haven't been outside in days. <laughs> it's raining. 
Oh, I forgot you're not a you're not an essential worker such as I. No, it's fucking raining. Very so much not working. I'm standing in the rain outside of Walmart. I didn't even think there would be a line because it's about to close. And all other stores that I've been to, like Target, Shoprite, whatever, like they haven't had lines right before they close. So I had to stand in a line. Walmart hits different. Walmart does hit different. I haven't been there since like when the pandemic started so i don't know there's fucking mm. rules so i went in mm-hmm. and i'm trying to find this is the only fucking adapter that they had left it was 40 fucking dollars i also needed to get brita filters <laughs> we couldn't find them and pe- there were employees yelling and they're like you have to leave we closed in 13 minutes like over and over again and i was oh so my stressed God. out and i was like i just need to find the brita that's filters. why there was that long line because yes, it was closing i didn't put the two and two together before yeah Damn, yeah and i was so stressed out and then i just gave up on the brita filters and i'm like amazon is fine and then i stood in the line and then i left the line because i was like oh this this adapter has a spider wrap on it i have to go purchase it in electronics and then i got to electronics and they were like you can purchase that up front and i was like well i guess i can't go to the self-serve so i waited in the normal line and they're like you have to go to the self-serve line because you only have four items i also picked up other items to make my non-essential purchase (laughs) look less bad even though my other items were a um a playstation gift card for my boyfriend's birthday i hope this doesn't come out beforehand not (laughs) surprise um and then uh, a baby toy for my hedgehog also congratulations to me i'm a new mother i have a baby i won't tell the hedgehog either yeah (laughs) and and, uh baby uh soap for the hedgehog and i'm carrying four things and they're like you can go into the self-serve line and i'm like but i have a spider wrapped thing and they're like you can go into the thing with the spider and the the spider wrap they'll take it off and then me and 20 other fucking people with spider wrapped uh, fucking products that only had like three things we all moved into the self-serve line and then they it wasn't scanning i was very upset (laughs) but then you came back home and you got the USB port in, and then we were able to record nice and smooth, right? Oh, Nothing yeah, else happened. Yeah. No other problems no happened other that problems arose. Happened. Nothing. Except, except you know, um, Audacity's what? not recording any audio, oh, even though that's right. my computer is recognizing that I have a microphone plugged in. So apparently, that's right. my MacBook also refuses to run Audacity because it's on like the newest <laughs> fucking software. So I had to go into the fucking coding terminal and open up a bunch of fucking things and watch a, a, a YouTube video where a British man was telling me about the bug in the software. The bug. There's a bug in the software. I was, oh my God. I literally, I'm so happy to just record. I thought but, we were going to have a nice early recording at 7.30. It's 10 p.m. Hey, but hopefully, I mean, somebody's listening to us right now, That's which means things gone right at the end. <laughs> so we're okay. here. And it's time to talk about Hot Rod. It's time to talk about Hot Rod, a film that I felt at peace watching. It, it, I will, I, it's safe to say this is not an intellectual comedy. No, uh, it's definitely not. Uh, this is, this is, uh, I've read reviews where people have bashed the movie and people have praised the movie. Yes, and a little bit of both. Whether people think the movie succeeded in this it's like jackass meets napoleon dynamite yeah um i would yes i would say that there's a lot of slapstick in the movie mm-hmm. a lot of physical comedy a lot of physical comedy which if done right i really enjoy and i really i really enjoyed this physical comedy there's a lot of stupid 
comedy. It's just a lot of stupid. Um, but I, we'll talk about it as we delve in. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Hot Rod is a 2007 comedy starring uh, the Lonely Island Boys. So, oh, yeah. Um, Andy Samberg and... That's all I can name. No. I, I'm sorry. I can recognize the faces, but it's... The director is Akiva. Akiva is the other guy. And, and that was his like directorial a debut. Yes, a directorial debut. And oh, yeah. I did my research. The other guy's name is... It's not Jorka. Is it Jorka or Jorda? That's That sounds like a type of whale. I don't think that's a name. <laughs> I opened up my phone to look it up, and the first thing I have is what's Elon Musk's baby's name. It's Kyle. Jorma. It's Jorma. His name's Jorma. Okay. Yes. And then a lot of other... Um, SNL-y SNL type people. SNL dudes. It actually... Bill Hader. It was produced by um, Lauren Michaels. So, yep. you know, it's got... Danny... Danny McBride. Danny, yeah, McBride. Yeah, I, know, I know him off the top of my head, weirdly. There I was you like, go. yeah, I know exactly who this is. Also, Sissy Spacek is in it. Um... If you don't know, she's the original Carrie. Um, from Stephen King? From Yes, from Stephen okay, King. Okay, I, I got that one. Yeah. All right. She looks exactly the same as she did in Carrie. She's in other movies too, but that's how I know her the best. Um, and also Ian McShane is in it, and he's also like a legend, but I mostly know him from Pirates of the Caribbean. So <laughs> he plays Blackbeard. <laughs> and so th- this movie stars Andy Samberg and his lonely island boys it was his lonely boys they were it was initially written for a will ferrell type yes it was like will ferrell's first movie like his jump off point from saturday night live and it was actually written by the original script was written by pam brady who um is one of the original writers and co-producers of south park and she's mm-hmm. written um, Team America World Police. She was the writer for Lady Dynamite. She's written a shit ton of fucking movies and TV shows. And she's a very funny person. Um, but she does have a specific type of humor, which is, you know, stupid South Park kind of humor. <laughs> yeah. And this is where it gets weird because it ended up not being a Will Ferrell movie for whatever reason. It got shelved. And so Lorne Michaels made an agreement to have the lonely boys work yes, the movie star direct it all that and but they they had to rewrite it to fit their yes uh, their kind comedy. Of type of comedy because yeah. the lonely island boys had just started kind of rising to stardom with their SNL digital shorts and Lauren Michael were like which like, were mm, so good the classic honestly i have to say that like Obviously, SNL has been going on for so long that there, I would say that there are multiple golden ages of SNL. Sure. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Definitely, you know, you have the people in the beginning, and then you have, um, you know, you have, like, uh, a lot of breakout stars. But I would say that, like... Early yeah, 2000s was a early Yes, early 2000s. Like, and it, like, Will Ferrell and, like, Adam Sandler, I think they were very good. But once you added the fucking Lonely Boys, I think I mm-hmm. really feel like adding Andy Samberg and like the SNL digital shorts was like so good. Like all of them were so funny and so clever. And so Lauren Michaels were like, these boys, we got to get them a fucking movie. So he was like, 
I have this movie and Will Ferrell's not can't do it. So, um, do you want to do it? And they were like, sure, but we're gonna rewrite it to kind of fit our. Kind but of- here's the thing: you just used the word clever, Alexa, and for this movie, <laughs> I it's I listen, it's not clever. No. It's not. It's funny in different ways. Not a smart comedy. No, but I think it does match their comedic style. Of yes, it, being especially in the way it was edited. Very quickly, and the mm-hmm, way that it totally. was edited. I find this movie. It's very absurd. It's absurd. It's absurdist comedy. Um, I find that it does random humor a lot really well than like an epic movie because epic movie would throw random things at you but like it didn't it, it get it did proper callbacks yes it didn't in epic movie they threw random things at you but they didn't really serve a purpose and like the characters didn't even react to really what was going on mm-hmm. whereas in this movie Random stupid things are happening, but like the characters are acknowledging either this is weird or acknowledging that something strange is happening, or like it's random, but it kind of makes sense to the narrative and and makes sense to the tone. I would say once you understand, like you're watching something that's gonna be weird, yes. right? You you buckle up for it, and then your your brain kind of lets you view it in a different lens. Mm-hmm. Like if someone's going in a cold, think it's going to be an Oscar worthy film. Yeah. Pff, they're going to hate it. If you're going uh, in waiting to see this acid trip, then you're going to like it. And you know what? They set the stage pretty well. Cause they open and they show, uh, Andy Samberg who plays Rod, who is a, um, an aspiring stunt man. Um, mm-hmm. he wants to follow in the footsteps of his father who used to an be evil Knievel type. An evil Knievel type. He was Andy Samberg, or sorry, excuse me, Rod, says that his father used to work with Evil Knievel and he used to test out all of the stunts before Evil would actually do them to make sure that they were safe. So he technically was the star of the show, but then he ended up dying in a tragic stunt accident. Um, So he wants to follow in his father's footsteps and become like this crazy good stuntman, except all he has is a moped and his own made-up jumpsuit, which was very cute. So like... He's getting ready to do this, like, ramp jump in the middle of the street. And he's just, like, he, like, calls back and says, soul of an eagle. And you just see, like, a, oh. <laughs> like, uh, like, they just put it, a, a, like, inserted. Projected a sh- on, a, like, a, eagle. Yeah, they inserted, like, a little mm-hmm. circle with an eagle inside of it, like, above his head. And, and an eagle sound happened and then he attempted to do a jump and fucking fell failed miserably failed miserably and that was like that was literally like 30 seconds into the movie i have a note that literally just says eagle question mark because and after yeah it was absurd it was crazy and they they set it up immediately like this is gonna be weird get ready (laughs) i appreciate it it, but the my main problem with the movie Mm -hmm. is like the first chunk of it the first 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. i think it's really slow goings and like it there's there's awkwardness that's it's supposed to be awkward throughout the whole movie but yeah. I, I feel like especially in the beginning it just kind of hits you the wrong way almost See, i would i think it it is i agree with you it is a testament to these first 20 minutes that like my brain really did not 
did not like retain anything mm-hmm. from the first 20 minutes i remember the eagle i remember the actors like every time somebody pop up i'd be like oh sissy spacek oh isla fisher and i'm like we oh, learn okay. we learn what the movie is actually about what the driving line through the movie is mm-hmm. and that is uh rod has a stepfather now and and the stepfather is a macho guy who rod believes he has to win in a fight against him in order to a get his respect fight. yes and he, he doesn't just believe it that is what's true he his stepfather will not respect him as a man until he basically beats the shit out of him and so yes rod loves his stepfather and he makes it very clear that he loves him but at the <laughs> same time he will, he has to beat him up he will he kick has his to. ass he has to that's Daddy that's, issues one hundred and one. Honestly, that's his. That's his hero's journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. And but we don't. More time goes by. More time with Rod and his his group just performing stunts, getting ready for stunts, failing miserably. When we find out that the stepfather has a heart defect yes. of some sort, yes. and all of a sudden he's gonna die soon because they don't have health insurance unless they have fifty thousand dollars. He's going to die. Mm-hmm. His apparently he's too high risk for the insurance company to pay for it. Very st- still true to this day. Um, oh, yeah. and so it's going to cost exactly $50,000 for him to get a heart surgery, heart transplant, whatever. Whatever it is. They yeah, don't tell I don't you know. what it is and they're not You don't going need to know. To. You don't need to know. So he th- he Rod says to himself I am going to raise money, the $50,000, to pay for my stepfather's surgery through stuntman things. While also so afterwards, the shit out of his stepfather. Yeah, he's only doing this so he doesn't die right away, but so he can live long enough for him to beat him up, yes. and then he can Yeah, then he can croak fuck off or do whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so that's what this movie's all about. Yes. That's the premise. And up to this point, it, it and continuing onwards, the stuff that I get nitpicky about is just, it's, it's random and absurd. And we'll, we'll, we'll definitely hit the points that we liked and all that. But there was so many montages where it's just silence or like so few dialogue choices, I feel like. Where they just quick they quickly escaped to a montage of cuts with music. Yes. And I, I didn't really feel like it was just so too early in the movie to have these because I was like, I don't know these characters. I didn't feel it. Mm. I don't know. I I so I kind of got what they were trying to go for. Like they were trying to make a classic like a, basically like a parody of an eighties movie like something okay. like a karate kid or a rad or like a gym kata or something like that where like they have to keep training and like they're and the movie acknowledges this every song has has a lot of synth motifs i think they actually got um europe. one of the musicians yeah europe was one of the main ones the guy that the guys that are like it's the final countdown um Okay, anyway, I'm going to go 
too hard into that. Um, they use a lot of their songs. I think one of the musicians from Yes was actually one of the was actually the composer. Okay. Music. So it was a lot of singing. Ah. And the costumes are also very like early 80s costumes. Like a lot of striped. Like we're still transitioning from the 70s. So we're not fully neon yet. But like a lot of like striped shirts and jumpsuits. And it and the color palette of the movie, which I actually really enjoyed. The color palette was very warm toned and i think it really gave you like a very a, a, a very vintage sense like i was like i really feel like i like i'm watching like a stranger things or something like a throwback okay. and then every and i actually had to look it up i was like Where's, when does this movie take place and they're like oh it's present day and then i started noticing the cars and people using cell phones and people using computers but you can tell that they were obviously trying to go for that kind of vibe and in the 80s all these cheesy training movies had several montages very early in yeah yeah i thought the characters while they didn't get much of an introduction i don't think they really needed them because you kind of i personally kind of got the deal like i knew that the little the one guy, Kevin, who's the other Lonely Island guy, he was the little brother, and he's kind of, like, weird and nerdy. And then you've got, they have, like, that opening scene with um Bill Hader, and he's, like, in the pool, and he has, like, a coming-and-going southern accent for some reason. And he's, like, kind of a little bit ditzy, I would say. And then they have the other guy, Rico, who's, like, very aggressive. That's and that's Danny McBride. McBride. And they're, yeah. they're like, one layer characters but it's a they are. comedy they so are. it's kind of like oh, whatever they do yeah they do and uh, say funny things and i i was <laughs> with i'm with you the same way they are they are shallow in character yes but they are they're just a threshold to get funny lines across yes which was i it was like an offline but when bill Hader was talking to danny mcbride <laughs> about like you know I, you never know that a pool's such a good way to fill with water. See, you have it written down? What's the exact have... quote? Pools are perfect for holding water, man. Oh. Like, like that, it felt like an improv line, and it was so, like, off. Like, it was just, like, spoken low, yeah. and it was just so funny. It was so, it was so good. good. There's so many, like, throwaway lines yeah. that are just so, like, so stupid, but, like, it's so stupid that you have to just kind of, like, giggle at it, because you're, like... What, like what <laughs> there's another line where like danny mcbride like beats up this one guy because um andy samberg had like basically f- at high speeds crashed into this guy's <laughs> rv and the guy that took like, me by surprise yeah. like that whole interaction he's like hey that's my rv and danny mcbride is like just and he grabs like a traffic cone and he's like, I'm all dragged up on green tea and just like starts beating him up. I literally beating the shit out of this I, poor dude. I wrote down <laughs> I wrote down the the points. He says, I'm jacked up on green tea. Then he says about church, he's like, I've been to church every Sunday and I'm gonna de- beat the demons out of you. And then he says, he, he just starts like, he takes the trash can in front of this guy's yard and starts like 
throwing it at him and beating him with the trash can and he just goes trash <laughs> he then takes his hat He's like this hat is this mine now it was just so unexpected. And again, these out of nowhere. These lines, yeah. a lot of them felt very improv, and you were just kind of like, <laughs> like, okay. There's something that gets me about like, and I've said this, I it's very hard to put into words exactly how I describe this, but this is this is a kind of comedy that makes me laugh every time, and it's like when a character either tackles another character off screen or they like tumble off screen. I don't know why it cracks me up every time. <laughs> like I will see okay, a character sure. just be like fall and I'll be like. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Gives, Whatever works. A little, little chuckly. Um, so yeah. So Rod is now, he is. He's trying doing, to make 50 grand. He's trying to make 50 grand while also trying to train to beat up his stepfather and this training includes gaining um lung capacity to uh hold his breath underwater and then they drown him by accident he was only he only held his breath for 40 seconds 40 all right seconds i could do but be- listen up. i could do alexa yes. did i tell you the story about my lung training Listen, as a kid, and I, into my teenage years too, I will admit, I would go to my grandma's pool, and without telling people I'd be doing it by myself, I would hold my breath underwater and lodge my head underneath the stairs so I couldn't escape and float up, and I would train myself to hold my breath. CJ, what the fuck? I did this so much, I can now hold my breath underwater for a very long time. Have you ever timed it? Yeah, I would have family members time me. I can go over a minute easily. I don't remember the exact. I can. I can easily. I think so. I think so. It's been a while now. You're just daring the coronavirus. I don't have strong lungs. I have physical induced asthma. (laughs) But I can push through, and when I'm underwater, I just go in that zen mode, you know? My eagle pops up for me, and I'm just there, crisscross, applesauce, head lodged under the stair. It, CJ, it's either one of two options. died at any yeah. point. Yeah, it's either you die, or you get better at breathing. Oh, did, it was one of those two. How did CJ die? Well, he was trying to get better at breathing. So he was CJ like, didn't die. CJ him. now has water lungs. I was preparing my gills, my man. I'm here today because I won. I beat the water. I beat them at their own game. So when I saw that scene with with Rod doing it, I was like, I connected with him, but I'm like, you're doing it all wrong, my man. You're You're doing it wrong. You little fucking bitch. Where's your fucking stairs? I've been there. Oh, my God. All right. So fuck Andy Samberg, I guess. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, but they rescue him, and Isla Fisher, who plays Denise, the love interest. Yeah, she is the love interest. I was confused. I may have missed a line, but like, did she know him as like a child? And then, like, yeah, she went oh, yeah. away, and then she came when back. they first. I so I think their ages was also up in the air, but I think they're all 
Um, in like late twenties, early thirties, right? I was gonna say was like just like mid twenties when he made this movie. Yeah, I, I, but because of the fact that I think the you said Denise is the main character, is the love interest name. Yes. Denise graduated from college, I think is what the case was. Oh. And so she was back home for a while, walking her dog, and that's when she meets Rod okay. after this long time. Yeah, I definitely missed that line. Because later she was mm-hmm. like, growing up, like, I remember you when we were kids. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I missed yeah. something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Isla Fisher, who plays Denise, is um, Andy Samberg's love interest, and he lets her join their quote-unquote group um which is that scene where they introduce everyone and everybody wants to copy andy sandberg and say that they like to party um Mm -hmm. so he takes her along to all of their adventures and tries to impress her he teaches her how to ride a moped she's natural she's a natural she's she kicks ass at it yeah fucking ass at it uh and so he drowns and then she gives him mouth to mouth and he throws up on her um but she saves his life and yeah, so she takes it like a trooper she really really does and another trial that he does is he they um push him on like a giant skateboard like a look like a luge <laughs> down like, like a long board like a long very long board that could fit all of andy sandberg and he's laying down on it and they push him down like this really big heel heel really big hill excuse me uh they push him down this really big hill and he says that his safe word is whiskey and everybody's whiskey like, what and he's like whiskey and they're like what are you it's, saying it's, like, i don't know what you're talking about it's whiskey <laughs> it's those kind of jokes that i think lose it for people the, these were jokes that were not very funny to begin with but just weren't tied into anything story-wise, yeah. character-wise, plot-wise at all. They were just like, the, it felt cheap yes, almost. The whiskey bit really reminded me of the cool whip bit from Family Guy. Yes. When I was reading my reviews, one person did express that they were straight up like copying I that really, one cool whip. I'm assuming, because I think cool whip is, is like from beginning family guy like beginning years of family guy it's a sure very, I, don't know. I don't know i don't like family guy i don't think the cool whip bit is good at all but it does stay in your head for your entire life because every time i look at cool whip i go oh cool whip um <laughs> so they have that little exchange and then he that was one of the low they have highs and lows they have highs in and this lows. movie yeah um and he slides down this giant hill and he crashes into an rv um there's a lot of, and then, and then we have that Danny McBride sequence, which is wonderful of him oh, beating that, the shit out of some The low guy. and then the high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like <laughs> low, and then all of a sudden Danny McBride comes in and is Boom. like, I'm going to beat the demons out of you. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I go to church every Sunday. <laughs> when he was like, I'm all checked up on green tea. I was like, oh my God. Yep. That was, oh yeah. That was so good. They also had... And again, I think because it's the Lonely Island, and this is what, at the time, they were really good at, and they're still really good at it today, is music videos. So they had a yeah, lot of music videos. Yeah, there was a sequences. lot of or, the montages. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, but I would say even there was one scene where Andy Samberg is 
basically recreating Footloose and punch dancing, which I think I read somewhere that, like, this movie coined the term punch dancing, which I don't know if that's correct, but it's basically like Footloose dancing when they're, like, you know, punching the air, but also dancing, and Andy Samberg is doing it um, in the forest, and then he... This did get me. Again, characters falling off screen. He's like dancing really hard to an 80s song and like the Never Gonna Give Up song. And he's punch dancing and da da da, never gonna give up. And then he trips over a log and he just goes, shit. <laughs> and, just and he just falls. Over. He and falls he for so falling. long. It's what this, again, reminded me of other movies. This move, this part where he's just falling over. For like a solid, I would say 35 to 40 seconds is just sequences yeah. of him falling down different terrains. It was mm-hmm. very um, Madagascar. Like, do you remember that scene in Madagascar where Alex the lion falls and then he like falls down many different terrains to what a wonderful world. I do not remember It's much from Ad- Madagascar. Madagascar no. was a movie that my roommate Kira and I quoted a nonstop was in our vernacular. She called herself King Julian. She called me Maurice. Yikes. Yeah, we were. <laughs> you were the Maurice. I was Maurice. <laughs> she... But honestly, when you see, like, when you, but honestly, when you like compare our personalities, we truly are King Julian and Maurice. <laughs> um, but. Okay, that was the first parallel to Madagascar that I found. That was probably accidental. You found multiple? There's a second one. and it, okay. What are you talking so about? Danny McBride plays a character named Rico, who not only builds like the ramps and stuff, but he also does a lot of pyrotechnics and explosions and stuff. Okay. In Madagascar, there are the penguins that act like spies. You know, the yeah. penguins of Madagascar, if you will. Yeah. And one of them Yeah, is I've named, seen the TV show, too. One of them is named Rico, who is the pyrotechnic oh, of the I, Okay. So I, I didn't was, put that together. And literally, like, at the end of the movie, I think, like, Andy Samberg said something. He was like, yeah, I, I rigged up fireworks. And Andy Samberg was like, thanks, Rico. And I was like, Rico? I was like, oh, my God. That phrase God. just, like, took you back. I was like, oh, my gosh. This is the second parallel I've seen to madagascar this is a weird <laughs> at a weird yeah. time but there's a lot of good um musical sequences and also um andy samberg is doing like side stuntman jobs so like he's at a uh a business uh what's the word retreat meeting <laughs> <laughs> he's at a business retreat in the mountains and uh he is doing a speech i guess um and then Danny McBride is like, everybody's getting handed out like headphones, like noise canceling headphones. Because there, there's going there's to be a fireworks show a soon. Fireworks show, and then mm-hmm. um, Kevin, who is Rod's little brother, who's the other lonely boy, he's like, "Hey, um, are you all set?" And Danny McBride is like, "Now?" And he's like, "No." And he's like, "Okay, now." And then he explodes Andy Samberg off of the thing. Um, Andy Samberg also. Uh, is a pinata for a children's birthday party. He gets abused in this movie he throughout gets, the no, whole this time. Whole movie, yeah. This man is nonstop injured. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Oh, yeah. But uh, so he's raising money, and um, 
his little brother Kevin who was also the videographer is like hey like I cut together something for you uh, and they show it and it's like he cut together like a little which, short film which they they made it look so e- so they take this short film and it it's just a really quick couple minutes yeah and it's Rod loves and silly, it and Rod's like this and, is amazing and so he gets the genius idea to make it into a movie, like a full-on movie And to, length. like, show it in a movie How, theater. And then the next scene, you just see them, like, everyone is starting to pay to get into this movie five bucks a ticket, like... Yeah. And they filled an audience. Like, how the hell like, did you get this? Like, you just skipped over scene. so many... I was like, are you... <laughs> can, dipping, can we just do that? Are you dipping into the, the stepdad's health fund? Uh, at this point, like... To rent out a theater? And then they got tickets, and then they're like, we raised, like, $1,000. And then the, they show the movie, and, like, his stepdad comes, and his mom comes, and everybody starts laughing at how goofy and clumsy and silly yeah. Rod is, and he gets upset. But, like, at the same time, I get why he's upset, but everybody was also cheering for him, too, and, like, applauding him as he walked by, and I was like... I thought it was They were be, vibing. Yeah, they were vibing. I thought it was gonna be one of those moments in the movie where like he gets all upset and then everybody's like, Yeah, hot rod and like they clap even though they're laughing at him and he's like, Oh, well, I get it. No, he was really upset and then he literally picked up the entire projector and threw it mm-hmm. <laughs> and cancelled the movie and everybody's upset and he's like, I'm a failure and then the next day he's telling his mother i'm a failure and everything sucks and i could never live up to my father and sissy spacek who by the way everybody else in this movie is acting like a lunatic and sissy spacek is playing this completely straight and i think it really elevates the performance i think it worked definitely it It made it it made because she played it so normal it made it seem so weird yes she was, and I think that she was definitely the straight man for the audience to relate to because, like, everybody else is, like... She almost was, like, an oblivious straight man, yes. though. Yes. Because like, the, the audience would react to, like, Andy and his father, like, fighting yeah. and being, like, so childish to each other. Yeah. But she would be like, oh, you know, that's fine. But that was at the end of the movie. Throughout the movie, she was like, can you boys please stop fighting? Um, true, true. And she would, like, roll her eyes and stuff. But anyway, Sissy Spacek tells Andy Samberg the truth, which is her, his father was not a stuntman who was <gasps> in a stunt accident. Being oh, my God. What was dads, he? He worked at, like, a convenience store. And the one picture that Andy Samberg has of him with Evil Knievel was just when Evil Knievel came through town and took pictures with everybody in the store. And that's the one picture that he has of him. And the way he died was that he choked on a pie during a pie eating contest. Oh my god. What a way to go. Oh my god. Oh my god. He on X Games. (laughs) I think. Fucking pie, man. I think that's the way I would want to go. Now, do I you think, can I propose time. something to you? Sure. I propose uh, a cinematic universe mm. where all 2,000 movies take place together. All movies or just comedies or just movies in general? 
Alexa, I let me just get to the tax here, the brass tax. Okay. I think Rod's father died at the same pie eating contest that the waitress was all about. Oh no. Because they were having a pie-making contest. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was tied to a pie-eating one as well. You can't have one without the other. You can't have one without the other. What are you going to do with all those pies? I think that's. I think he died there. I think they take place in the same, same world. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot Darn of tootin'. musical sequences, so it probably exists in all the same in the same universes as all the other music. There you go. Yeah. Except oh for yeah. Except hairspray, which took place in the '60s, but everything else. It could have been in, that could have been in the past of this past. world. Yes, I'm telling you, they're all connected. They're all con- It's all connected, bro. <laughs> so, but oh. to get back to Hot Rod, to get back to now, Hot Rod. now Rod is just so upset and broken inside and that also, his dad was a big fake. And his dad's a big fake, and also Isla Fisher has a boyfriend who's a fucking <laughs> douchebag, who is. Oh my gosh. Played by Will Arnett. He's played by Will Arnett, who Yeah. Man that man was born to play a douchebag. <laughs> he's got he's, the look, he's got the voice. Listen, he he can play anything. I I I think so because 100%. I recently watched all of Lego Masters, which is Oh, I have to a, watch that. Oh, it's my so good. It's a Lego that. reality building competition. Yes. And Will Arnett is the host and he is just such the sweetest nicest guy it's so good watching him play himself watching the commercials because they're so unnecessarily intense and he's like oh my god they dropped their build and then like (laughs) somebody else they're like you just know nothing about lego and i'm like god i have to watch this fucking show these people seem oh it's so good it's very wholesome silly wacky but then when the bill drops you know, oh people God, cry and everyone build. feels for them. And Will's like, I'm so sorry, buddy. Like, I'm so sorry. You, you had a tough luck. You did really good from here on out. My Will Arnett is slowly turning into Batman. <laughs> well, because he plays Batman <laughs> in the Lego movies. So Will but he, he plays a douchebag in, douche Hot in Hot Rod. He's like a lawyer yes. uh, in a firm. He's a junior yeah. partner in his lawyer firm, and he's got a Corvette, and he's an asshole, and he's rude to everybody, and he's somehow Isla Fisher's boyfriend. In all these movies, he reminds me of like Glenn Gulia from The Wedding Singer. All these movies have like this really, really sweet girl with like these openly douchebag boyfriends. And I guess on the one hand, I guess that happens, but other times I'm like, damn. And then the sweet girl this? always falls for the silly, innocent oaf yes! of a main character. Yes. It's it's just because like the wedding singer. They just found, you know, Hollywood found that one thing that stuck to a big net of people. All yeah. you know, and they just keep remaking the same remaking thematic the same sequences. Yeah. But I did. I I loved Will Arnett. I, every time I see him pop up in literally anything, I find it delightful. I hear him in Reese's commercials, and I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah, here. yeah. The man's here. My boy Will. Yeah. <laughs> My boy is here. So. Uh, and so, Hot Rod, Mr. Rod himself, Mr. Rod after himself. being devastated about the news of his late father, he decides to stop being a stunt man. 
He dresses clean. Wait. Looks like he had a haircut and has a button up with a tie, no, and he's at no, the liquor no. store. No, no, no. He doesn't. Have what do you a, mean? No, he no, no. Have a button up, CJ. I literally have a note about this. His outfit what? was so confusing. I could not make heads or tails of what was happening with his. He shirt. had a button up, it was didn't he? Not a button up. It was a collared shirt, long, a long sleeve collared shirt, but also had an argyle sweater print on it so you couldn't at first i was like ah he has a collared shirt underneath his sweater but then it was like oh the collar is connected to the sweater it was very confusing then he had a tie attached to it of all else and then he had it like tucked into some khakis it was a very confusing outfit i couldn't make i didn't notice any of that (laughs) oh my gosh i was literally like i paused it at one point i'm like i don't know what i don't know what that Yeah, I didn't get that at all. I didn't like it, but I did like him pushing. He was like, his friends are like, dude, like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? He's like, I'm grocery shopping. Can't you tell? But his grocery cart was only alcohol. Yeah. Me during quarantine. Bottles and bottles. (laughs) And so he's heartbroken, but then his friends all rally together and they hype him up saying, like, you got to do this stunt. Like, don't matter who your father was. Yeah. You're the stunt guy. One and he's like, I'm like the stunt guy. About this movie is that his friends are always so nice. They were there for them. I yeah. like what I I find this movie I think I also liked it because it was incredibly endearing. Like I found it to be very sweet and endearing that like like yeah, Rod is like this idiot and he's like a, so a, like a bumbling oaf and he he's gross and he's constantly getting like shit on by everyone but he's just like so he's supported he's supported and he's so genuine in his efforts like yeah okay his efforts is he wants to help he wants to save his stepdad so that he can kick his ass but like it's such a, a genuine thing that you're like rooting for him the whole time and his friends are very genuine and all of his friends are very nice to him and they're nice to other people like and they're just trying they're just trying to vibe like there's one scene where mm-hmm. they're oh, there's another musical sequence where they're all dancing like outside of like a i guess a convenience store or whatever outside of their van and you just see like at one point kevin and rod are talking to isla fisher and uh will arnett and in the background you just see like Danny McBride and Bill Hader like spinning around in T pose like at the same yeah, time. They they were they were in it I the way. Like, Man, it was great. They were just straight vibing and I respect it. I love We do have character. to go back. Yeah. We have to go back to a uh, a specific thing that we forgot. Oh, and I can't oh. we can't I won't allow us to not talk about oh, this. Okay. So after the movie, the next day, uh the two brothers, Rod and Kevin Kind of left on oh, bad terms oh because... Okay. No, I'm sorry. When you said after the movie, I thought you meant the literal movie that we just watched. And I was no, like, no, 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 no. After, the, after, after the playing movie the movie. Inside of the yeah. film. In the context of the Listen. film. Listen. Okay. No, 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 no. So they make up, right? Mm-hmm. And they make up. And Kevin shows that the video was posted online. And it had hundreds of thousands of views. It was viral. And because of that, they got contacted with the AM radio host in this town. And he's going to sponsor the event... To do the big one, the big stunt jump where he's going to ride a bike and jump over like 15 buses. Right? That's all plot stuff. Not important. Yes. What's important is they, the two brothers make up. They're now fine with each other. This is the most famous. And Kevin and Rod, they say, cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. 
but and we can't we can't do this justice. No, I will never but do this justice. But this it's is... just it's this is like a classic Lonely Island internet short bit yes. where it was it was just an edited music song with them just saying cool beans cool 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 cool, cool beans 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 it was beans so very lonely island i loved it and i think it was it came out of nowhere it was it was so example of well like made dadaism where it was like you kind of it, it made no sense out of context but like if you know the context of the film and also you know about the the people making the movie and you know about the kind of stuff that they've already made previously it's like there were so many layers and you're like i get it <laughs> like and i i especially liked it because this is something that has never been like i'm sure in theaters nothing like this has been made and never again like this is such a internet thing yes. especially at that time when the oh, internet was yeah. still you know with youtube early the YouTube Lonely and all Island that. was very blessed with timing in that they started doing their thing when YouTube was still new. And so they were yeah. one of the first people to get in on it. Just, I can't, I'm picturing myself in theaters watching Hot Rod for the first time. And they just have that go about. I would be freaking out. I would be, it would be like when I was watching Cats for the first time in theaters, yeah, like where my mouth would just be experience. like a gape, and I couldn't stop like heaving and laughing, like that, like you, that'd be incredible. So like that's such a weird scene just so to have in a movie, you know, in a theatrical released movie. They made them cut it out at first, and then like what? right before it was released, Andy Samberg and the Lonely Boys were like, just put it, just edit it the fuck back in, and they did. I'm glad they did because that that gave it, it points in my book. It became the most famous scene in the movie. I prior that, it's to that kind of this, absurdist random stuff that yes, I appreciated. Prior to watching this movie, I knew three jokes from this movie out of context because I had a lot of very close friends in middle school who saw this movie and loved it because we were all Andy Samberg fangirls. How could you not be in 2007? Anyway, oh yeah. Um, I knew the in the beginning where um. Andy Samberg says to Isla Fisher, she's walking away, you look pretty. And she says, what? And he goes, you look shitty. Um, uh, I knew that yeah, one. Yeah. I knew another joke that we will get to with Will Arnett. Uh, and I knew the Cool Bean scene. And I didn't know anything else from this movie. But everybody knew the Cool, cool Bean scene. Cool Bean scene was top tier cool in my scene book. Was that so was wonderful. Iconic. Um, and through that scene, we get the plot to continue going forward where they finally have a way to get this money potentially yes the 50 grand so and yeah take it over yes so uh i was just gonna say that kevin the younger brother is like because andy samberg has been wearing a fake mustache this entire time like a fake 70s mustache um because he says that he has a hormonal imbalance and he can't grow facial hair so he's been wearing a fake mustache this whole time but now that he's transitioned into a um, normal person, everyday, round Spongebob life, he has retired the mustache. He actually ripped it up and while upset. And then uh, he was like, Do you, after watching this video and finding out that like the radio station wants to sponsor him, he says to Kevin, do you really think I can do this? And Kevin just hands him the mustache on a fluffy pillow and just is like, you gotta. Um, 
So then he's training and he like calls Isla Fisher to tell him to tell her that like he's back into fucking stunting and he's gonna jump a bunch of buses, but she is in the bathroom and Will Arnett answers the phone and he's like, Yeah, I'll definitely tell her. Um, and he doesn't tell her what's happening. So she has no idea. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Because he's a douchebag. An icon. <laughs> an icon. That was all I wanted to say. A joke that I didn't, it, it went over my head at first. And then when they went back to it, it hit me. And I'm like, oh, I how could I not have seen this? Was when Kevin told Rod that... They're going to get the AM radio station to sponsor them. We then see that they're building this huge ramp. They got all the buses in place. The stands are full. The crowd is here and roaring. But the only news coverage is from an AM radio station. And so he, the host says, like, man, this is really something that has to be seen. <laughs> While people are listening I, over only an audio medium. I didn't even it was get that. that Oh my god, that was so good. I'm like, that is genius. I loved when the news anchor was like talking about the event that was going to happen. They're like, we, and she's like, we would show you coverage of this event, but the uh, coverage is exclusively owned by this AM radio station, which I thought was good. I also liked when they were talking to the AM radio station host, who's played by Chris Parnell of Lazy Mm -hmm. Sunday fame, their first big short on SNL. Um, he shows them how he hates the future of technology, which is TV and FM radio. He hates it so much that he shows them a tattoo on his stomach of a, a rascally young man pissing on a picture of a TV and pissing on FM radio at the same time. Two different, two different two streams. Two different streams. He likes to think that he had sex the previous night, and now there was uh, remaining residue that now is causing two different streams to go. And then right above it is AM radio on a magic carpet. I loved that bit specifically because it was so obvious that they just drew on Chris Parnell's stomach with a marker <laughs> for this tattoo. Yeah, it wasn't a tattoo. <laughs> so fucking good, dude. It fucking cracked me up. Um, so... I definitely think the mo- the movie is backloaded. A lot of its good stuff was in the back half. Yes, I think the back 100%. half was definitely a lot stronger, which I think is funny because a lot of the reviews were like, oh, it was good at first, and then I like couldn't wait for it to end. I'm like, I think at first I was, it was kind of a slog, and then it, then it picked up. We are here. It's the big event. The climax, climax of the movie. Of the Hot Rod is going to jump. 15 buses, which is... 15 buses. More than Evil Knievel has ever done. So... His friends all pull together. His friends... And all of a sudden, they bring out a motorcycle. Not a moped. An actual motorcycle. So, Bill Hader rigs together a motorcycle um, from scratch. And they also get him, like, this brand new jumpsuit... And Danny McBride yeah. has raked up pyrotechnics and fireworks all along the ramp. And it was just such a nice moment. I was like, oh, they're so, he's so, like, all their friends are so supportive. Even when, like, he was in his slump and he was, like, 
being a total square and like Bill Hader, there was, this was a good scene. We skipped over this. So Bill Hader calls Andy Samberg in the middle of the night and he's like, hey, um, can you possibly, could you possibly like bring me to the hospital like casually and Andy Samberg's like, yeah, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, it's not like a precautionary thing or whatever. So Andy Samberg, who's being a square, is like driving in his mom's minivan and he like picks up Bill Hader, who also has like, I guess an overnight bag already packed and he like gets into the car and he's all casual and then he turns his head and he's got a giant piece of shrapnel metal in his fucking eyebrow. Yeah. Like, Dude, what the fuck oh, yeah. happened? And so he recounts this flashback where he works in a in a ice skating rink and um, his co-worker is like, who is played by the director, Akiva, uh, he's like, hey, um, I have acid, but I can't do it. And Bill Hader's like, I'll do the acid. So then he's having a wonderful trip. And then he gets home and he decides to, I guess, work on some sheet metal or something. And then a giant... I have no idea. He's like, yeah, I just started working in metal. And then like a giant piece of shrapnel just hit him in the fucking eye. So he's like tripping on balls right now. And he's like telling Andy Samberg that he's like, he looks like a flaming eagle with the face of a mountain. And he yells at him. He's like, you, you ran over a tiny school bus. Um, so he, dri- he drives him to the hospital, but he does tell Andy Samberg to, you know, that he's being a square and he shouldn't give up on himself. And, you know, generic stuff. Yeah. It's very sweet. And then he gets out of the car and he goes, oh, thanks for dropping me off. And Andy Samberg's like, okay, no worries. And then he points at a trash can and goes, hospital? And he goes, no, that's a trash can. And he just turns while keeps pointing. And then he points at the, the door and is like, thanks. And then he goes in yeah. and he just like attacks a nurse. <laughs> it, was, it was good. It was definitely an improv bit too, I can tell. Tra- hospital? That's me when I'm drunk. I'm like, hospital? <laughs> um, so that was a good scene. Anyway, I just wanted to talk about that. Going back to the climax. Going back to the climax. He built him a bike. We- he still has a giant scar over his face. Uh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So he comes out and also there's a shit ton of people in the stands. They made it like a whole fucking carnival. There's like an 80s band, which I'm pretty sure had like cameos from 80s singers. There's like a glam rock band. Sure. Somebody else. Um, but they're singing They They were songs. rocking though. They were fucking rocking. Everybody's going crazy and chanting hot rod or no they're just chanting rod doesn't matter um and andy sandberg's zooming out having some issues on the motorcycle but he's getting used to it he's like spinning around doing tricks and while all of this fun shit is happening isla fisher who has no idea that it's happening is in the car with will arnett and he's like and she's like she hears on the radio that this shit is happening and will arnett's like okay cool like who gives a shit and she's like you're a real douchebag and she leaves and then the third joke and the only joke that I knew from this movie because my friends literally would quote it all the time and I would quote it with them, not knowing the context. Uh, and Will Arnett watches her leave and he goes, babe, babe, wait, babe, 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 wait, 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 babe, babe, wait, babe, wait, wait, babe. <laughs> and it's just, he keeps repeating it and to 12-year-old Alexa and all It just sticks friends, with you, yeah. Dude. That was the funniest shit in middle school. I'll tell you what. <laughs> it was a really good bit. It stuck with you. 
Uh, so she goes. All to, you need is a really good bit. All you need is a really good bit. So she goes to the to the. I almost said she goes to the climax. She goes to the jump. Um, yeah. And she's like, I believe in you. And she kisses him because he's like, I'm freaking out. I don't think I can do this. She's like, you. And but it's like a full like mouth grabbing like yes, kiss. It is just in there. Open mouth attacks him. And he's It's like, like two fish trying to kiss. <laughs> Ew. That's what it looked like. Really I'm just saying it how it is. And he's like, I'm sorry, it was just a, it was just a little bit, a little open. And so she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then he kisses her, and then it's like a normal, cute little, little kiss. Yeah. And his stepdad. And now it's time. Now it's time. His stepdad is on the couch at home with Sissy Spacek, and they're wa- they're they're watching it. They're listening to it on the uh, on the radio, and they're just. Every, everything's tense and you see like a big screen that has like the $50,000 like counting because it's like a fundraiser duh um, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it like stops at like $30,000 and everybody's like why did it stop and it's like well because everybody wants to see what the fuck happens so he drives up the ramp and I gotta tell you he gets vroom, to the vroom. ramp and he prays to the to the the spirit animals the spirit animals the the eagle and the fox and the the octopus bottlenose dolphin the bottlenose dolphin and the house cat um, which has been referenced a few times now in the movie yes and they all imbue their powers upon him um and i got to say CJ i was legitimately very nervous like they had the tension oh oh no no i okay okay i'm with you listen I am so with you, and I, this is something I wanted to bring up because it, it was a great side effect of this movie. I'm sure everyone knows, like, if you're going to go watch a movie, especially nowadays, mm-hmm. mo- uh, comedies especially, yeah. they have happy endings. Yes, of course. They have good endings. It all gets wrapped up in a nice, sweet little bow. Yeah. Right? This movie, I... This movie made me think differently. I didn't know what was going to happen just because of how weird. And... You. Yeah. Exactly. It was so absurd. He got hurt so much. He didn't train at all. He like. I was. I wouldn't like... have been surprised if he like died because or something, or if he. I really was thinking. I, was I didn't know if he was going to make the jump off. or not. I... I actually felt that suspense, and that yes. is a great thing that they were able to make me feel in a world always... where we all know how movies end. They, they all get the so happy many ending. Left turns at you that you didn't even know what was going to happen. CJ, the listeners can't see this, but I'm going to show CJ over Discord. I was literally laying on my couch, holding my leg close to my head. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh my god, what's going to happen? Leg in the air. Don't know what the leg was going to do for me. <laughs> I think we were in sync because you know what I was doing during this time. You also holding your leg. I'll I'll get in the same position that I was watching in. I sit with my one leg up, and I take this leg, and I just put it around here, and I hold it like this when I watch a movie. So I'm also holding my knee close to my body. Leg. I was holding leg up in air because I was so fucking. So fucking nervous. And then, so... It, it, it was very... That was impressive that they could enact that feeling of okay, unsettledness really, into like, the audience member. I was like, is it just because, like... 
I, I'm just freaking out in general because somebody's doing a big jump or is it like the tone of the movie? I'm so glad that it was the movie. Cause I'm, yeah, I am so with you. Oh my God, I'm so stressed. I literally said out loud, I'm so stressed. <laughs> I was. Uh, everyone was just unsure of what was going to happen. Everyone was unsure. So the time What is happens? Now. The time is now. He imbues what happens, all his spirits, Alexa? And he jumps. And he goes over all of the buses, and and he's soaring. He's, he's soaring flying. And he's flying. And there's not a star in heaven that he can't reach. And he's no, thank you. And he's waving to the crowd. He's waving to Isla Fisher. And then all of a sudden, his buddies are like, "Hey, something's wrong." And then they cut to a shot where Andy Samberg has completely let go of the motorcycle. He's not even holding on to it anymore. He's so into Two different bodies flying through the air. Yes, and I thought it was... And listen, we can talk about the production value of this movie in a bit, but, like, I'm going to give a pass to the bad green screen of of Andy Samberg in the air because I was like, this adds to the weirdness. This adds to the... Yeah, no, it... Of what's happening. Yeah, they, they, they can get away with a few things yeah. now that you buy into the absurd. So, and then, again, adding to, like, this movie throws so many curveballs at you. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, he's going to, is he going to grab the motorcycle? Like, I thought it was going to be, like, at the last second he grabs the motorcycle. Right? And he, we like, didn't know. We didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen. So, the jump is over, and he and his motorcycle make contact with land separately. He completely tumbles down the ramp. The motorcycle doesn't explode. I don't it r- it runs into all sorts of electrical equipment, yes. and there's multiple explosions. Multiple explosions. It's like complete anarchy. And then Andy Zimberg is like lying dead on the ground. Everybody runs to go get him and try to help him. And uh, I believe it's Bill Hader is like I think he must be having some sort of very like inspiring out of body experience and they show this out of body <laughs> experience and it's Andy Samberg in what i'm assuming is heaven in a white jumpsuit and earlier in the movie Andy Samberg was going to tell Isla Fisher that he has feelings for her but then Will Arnett shows up and to cover up what he was going to say he says actually i was going to tell ask you in a fight between a grilled cheese and a taco who would win and she says, normally I'd say in a grilled cheese, but if it's prison rules, I would say a taco. And he says, well, that's kind of racist, but you're right. Now he's in his heaven, and he's having... His, his heavenscape. His heavenscape. It's white and heavenly. And he sees a, a giant... The only way I can describe this is the costume of a grilled cheese. He walked the grilled If they were mascots. Yes, if they were mascots. If they were mascots. Yes, a grilled cheese mascot and then a taco mascot and they just start fucking kicking the shit out of each other. They are brutal. They are brutal. And they keep like cutting back to real life and people like um like being worried. For Wake him. up. Are you, like, okay? Wake up, are you okay? Are you there? Okay. And then they cut back to the taco absolutely obliterating the grilled cheese with the chair to the point where there's realistic blood coming out of the grilled cheese yeah. mascot. Again, a scene that was so fucking wild and, and absurd. I was so into it. I was like, this is definitely something out of um uh like a Seth Rogen kind of film. Like this is the end. Oh yeah, something. I can see that. Like just something mm-hmm. so 
very out of left field and and so crazy and also so very brutal um i really enjoyed it and then isla fisher is like wake up and he hears her voice and he wakes up and he says he it wants to get up um he doesn't want to lay on the ground he feels inspired even though he has 10 to 20 broken bones um so as he's struggling to get up a very good line in the movie is Chris Parnell goes, the, all the, cra- the crowd is all cheering and they're all like, Woo! and Chris Parnell says, the crowd is cheering Kimball back to life. And I don't know why. I thought it was so funny. It reminded me of like in Peter Pan when they're like, clap for Tinkerbell so that she comes back to life. It oh, was like they were cheering yeah, yeah, yeah. Rod for, so that he can come back to life. It was a good line. So he gets, but he does. It works. He does. He gets up, and everybody's so inspired. Even though he technically didn't do, he definitely did do the jump. He did get across the way. He did the jump. He did the jump. He, he, just, he landed on the other side of the exactly. ramp, just body first. Exactly. He didn't need the yeah. motorcycle. Yeah. So he comes out and he's he's standing up, and everybody feels so incredibly inspired by him, and. He, they make the fi- the $50,000 in donations. And Chris Parnell is like, now his stepfather can pay for his conveniently priced surgery. And they, they, they do it. They, he becomes a respected stuntman that everybody loves. And now they can pay for his surgery. Ta-da. And this movie finally ends on a lovely scene of Rod beating the shit out beating of his stepfather. Beating the shit out of his stepfather. And it's a very extended fight sequence in which they're in the face. Choreographed real well. Choreographed very well. And again, stupid gags like all of a sudden his his stepdad pulls out a throwing star and just fucking nails him with a throwing star. Out of star nowhere. Out of yeah, nowhere. yeah. And they're beating the shit out of each other and they fucking break through the walls and they're in the backyard and they're having a cookout with all of their friends and family um including the am host the am host including some character named richardson who is another guy that the lonely island has collaborated with lots of times who kept trying to get into the group and now he's finally in the group and they fight around them and the am guy is like uh should we stop this and sissy spacek is like no just let him go and they're fighting and then they crash into somebody else's backyard and then they're beating the shit out of each other over a, a car and then finally Andy Samberg while pinning his stepdad to a car says say I'm a man and he admits he's finally a man oh yeah and then uh, Andy Samberg as like a last hit for shits and giggles does this crazy move that Isla Fisher taught him, a Tai Chi move that makes you automatically crap yourself. Which we... It's just such a random thing that happened early in the movie. Yeah. Still such a random thing, but you just pull it out, and it's like, ah, I'm glad okay. that I figured they were going to bring it back. And then, and then the movie's over. That's and it. That's the film. The absurdity is over, and, and you're left a, with your own thoughts. There's a post credit scene in which, in the sunset... Andy Samberg bows to his loyal master, the motorcycle. There you go. That's Hot Rod. That's Hot Rod. I liked it. I liked parts of it. I definitely like the 
the second half of it. It was really good. And I like the really absurd bits that worked. Some of the more awkward bits didn't work for me as much, but I, I think you needed both to have the highs and the lows. I, yeah, I liked a lot of the dance sequences. Oh, there was one musical sequence that we didn't even talk about where Hot Rod is... That's right, he's yeah. He's getting his, all of his friends together before the big jumping event, and they're like, it's to, a, again, another 80s montage, and they're all marching, and then everybody in the town starts marching and singing along to the song and following them, and you can tell that they're like, this is kind of weird, and then all of a sudden, bagpipes come out, and then some guy tries to rob a place, and then it turns into an entire riot, and then all of a sudden, It's a full-on riot. It's a full-on riot, and they show men playing bagpipes, and people, um, like, like, cops in full, like, SWAT armor, coming in and a couple making out on a car and it's pure anarchy and they like just make it out and afterwards they're like that was fucking weird and then they're like it was it started out really nice but then it kind of got really crazy and then Danny McBride is like yeah it's like when you know you take a good thing and then it just spirals out of control <laughs> it was a good sequence I loved that I there loved you go. Kevin's fucking Heelys Bro, every time he broke out those Heelys and was healing along, I was like, fuck, I need myself some Heelys. I I never saw Heelys. You didn't notice? There were several scenes in which he was... No. He was scooting on the Heelys. I never saw Heelys. I must have oh missed it. God. Yeah. I immediately noticed the Heelys. I was wow. like, fuck, I want some Heelys because I never got Heelys because I was obsessed with getting this orange and white pair that was apparently rare. And then by the time that I had found them, I was over the Heelys phase. I should have never been you over You Icarus yourself. I really did. I did have, though, before mm-hmm. Heelys came out, my parents did get me roller skating sneakers, which were sneakers that you could pop out like a little hole and insert isn't that better wheels. i wish i had them still they were cool um those are pretty dope sounding bro, yeah. they were dope they and then everybody came out with heelys and i was a stupid kid that was like i want these i want heelys and then i god only fucking knows where i put those cool fucking sneakers i did not appreciate my gifts as a child um <laughs> i loved that um oh i did there a very specific, again, Lonely Island feel when they're giving out flyers to tell everybody to go see the mo- the Hot Rod movie that they cut together. This one guy, Richardson, who keeps trying to get into the group, is like throwing, aggressively throwing flyers at people and then turning to the camera, staring directly to the camera and just like dancing. And this was like an extended sequence and it was, it gave me the same exact vibe as my one of my favorite snl digital shorts which is punching people while eating have you ever seen that one i don't know that You've one never seen punch no. oh my god i don't think so my my favorite one of course is ooh what you say oh, what you say is a fucking classic dear sister yeah. is everything. oh yeah but like punching people while eating or punching people who are eating i forget the exact title but it's exactly what it says it's like somebody is eating a sandwich and then one of them will just beat the shit out of the person and then turn to the camera and just like dance oh my god oh my god <laughs> okay it was i was watching it and i was like oh my god it's just like punching people while eating and it was such a delightful moment because i was so happy there you go i, I definitely so didn't have that much of a of punching admiration towards eating. that part yeah um and also i liked at one point when uh, andy samberg was talking to isla fisher was trying to get him back to be 
a stuntman and he's refusing and he just goes he throws up a peace sign he's like stay sweet <laughs> i'm gonna start saying that. stay sweet stay sweet there you go i'm gonna start saying that um i liked this movie i did i thought this movie was delightful i liked it too I, yeah i felt peaceful while watching this movie and i got real chuckles out when i watch movies by myself I don't really have as big of a reaction as I would if I watched it with another person, but I had I feel you. Yeah. Audible yeah. laughs and audible chuckles and audible I'm so stressed out. So and that's a testament to itself. That's a yeah, testament to itself. I enjoyed it. Hey Alexa. Hey CJ. I got just a couple Amazon reviews on my phone. You want to oh, hear them? Dear, I'd love to. Ooh, I only have two today. No, it's a testament. But the first one is from. Lauren Eberly. Do you know her? No, I don't know her personally. Okay. Well, Lauren wrote this back in on June in uh, 2016. Oh, very recently. And she, her review says, Andy Samberg, while a master of the digital short, cannot make a movie that is even remotely funny. Oh, I did not laugh once during the entire film. I watched this movie while undergoing a colon cleanse in prep for a colonoscopy. Let's just say I had to endure two torrents of stool tonight. Ew. Is that it? That's that's Lauren's review. Miss One star. I don't first of all, I really don't think anything you watch will be good during a colon cleanse. I you could watch. I the, part of me even thinks she's lying. I know you can't do that on the internet, but I think she might be lying. People really do that? Go on the internet I don't know. and tell lies? I don't know. But I do have another review from someone that certainly won't tell oh, lies. God. This person's name is JB. Okay. And they wrote this review on April first, twenty twenty. Okay. This is literally not appropriate. Literally like a little over a month ago. I, yeah, and they said not appropriate for children to watch. Other reviewers claim their kids loved it, so I took a chance and was disappointed. Here are the words and scenes that appear in the movie. One. Oh, God, they're numbered. Sex. <laughs> okay. Two. F word. There's only one, but, you know. Three. Dogs going at each other, oh, one on top of the other. I forgot about that. <laughs> I have no idea how old the other kids were that loved the movie, but this is not recommended for children under the age of 12 or even 15. Okay, the 15 is pushing it, but under the age of 12, yeah, you're right. What, what kids are you fucking showing this to? <laughs> I don't know. This is. There's something so inherently funny about an angry person listing what's wrong with a movie and going the word sex, the the f word, fucking f word, the effing f word, <gasps> and number three, there was a clip of dogs doing it. Having F and doing sex. How dare they do sex? I totally forgot about that. Scene. How they? How dare they F in sex? How dare they F in sex? I. It was PG thirteen. The movie was PG thirteen. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. It was pretty. It's pretty sh- good PG thirteen. There were a couple strong words that I was like, hmm. 
But aside from that, I mean, it was a pretty solid PG-13, I would say. I think that person was, yeah, they weren't going to like it no matter no. what. Those are my Amazon I reviews. Those are the two that I got. There you go. Fun facts. The budget was $25.3 million, $25. 3 million, excuse me. In the box office, it only made $14.3 million. It was a box office flop. Um, yeah. yeah it, it Unfortunately, it didn't even make half its money. It didn't or make almost half of its money, unfortunately. Um, it's now considered, years later, to be a cult classic. People really enjoy it. I enjoy it. I find this, I definitely can see how this would be considered ahead of its time. Like, because honestly, sorry, I got very distracted by CJ doing some very interesting arm motions. You're not supposed to tell the people what I do on camera. (laughs) Arm that was just for us that was was just for us anyway um i could definitely see how it's ahead of his time i also haven't seen the other lonely island movie pop star never stop never stopping but everybody says that it was ahead of its time and now you watch it and it's hilarious i'd like to watch it it's actually on my i would like to watch it too i heard it's very funny um but i can get why some people don't like it it is very much random humor um, I did read that when it came out, Andy Samberg was like, I know it's going to flop. They're like, he's like, I know it's going to be panned. Comedy is subjective. And if and it, 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 people aren't going to like it because it's a very specific brand of comedy. And he was like, but if years later on, people can look back at it fondly and be like, this is actually pretty good. Then and I'm happy and I've done my job. And I think like, I like he that. really did predicted and lauren michaels was kind of the same way he was like listen like i i gave them this project because i believed in them i think it's being panned because critics don't like new comedians and they're fresh faces and they have a, a new take on comedy but i feel like people are gonna look back on it in a few years and really enjoy it and they were fucking right and yeah you know I didn't get I didn't get the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score, but it was panned. I think Roger Ebert though gave it three stars. He was like, "It's actually pretty good." Like I, I get it. There you go. Good job, Roger. Um, I liked it. I thought it was good. Also, that's what we can say. Really, I liked it. It resonated with me. Can I tell you why, CJ? Uh, yeah. Tell me why. Uh, so. Recently, my dad has become obsessed with uh, jumping the pool in our backyard on his motorbike. <laughs> so, I have a lot of stories about my dad on this podcast. I wonder how what people think of him and how they picture him. But yes, recently, my dad has a motorbike. He bought a motorbike a couple years ago. <laughs> Just like, Has he ever landed in the pool with it? He hasn't tried. He hasn't tried okay. any sort of stunts yet. He just kind of rides his motorbike around um, the neighborhood. It's adorable. Um, without a helmet. And recently he's become obsessed with being able to jump the pool. Um, and he wants to, like, build ramps. And, like... Oh, my, my God. This movie was made movie for him. This movie was made for him. And in the beginning, when they were, like... When they made the ramp and the ramp broke, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to happen to my fucking dad. And then, like... Oh, was, Alexa, I should tell you something then. Yeah? In my own research, I saw that... So, the in the movie, the actual stuntman for Andy Samberg, yeah. when he did that stunt, yeah. 
he broke his leg. Oh shit! He actually that stuntman actually broke his leg Fuck. doing that stunt. Fuck, dude. Yeah. So, so tell your father dad, to get no, strong he's legs. Fucking drown himself. He's an idiot. So he's like, has he been training? Has he been lodging his head under the water of the stairs? Honestly, we're opening up the pool in like two weeks, so I'm sure he'll. You got it here. I could put him on the phone one of these days. <laughs> Let me talk to him. I'll give him some yeah, tips to breathe, breathe underwater. underwater. So, and he's like trying to devise a way to um, have my mom out of the house when this happens, so that she doesn't stop him. And they're gonna—they're planning That's on smart. building ramps. I, like I literally, I can't. My dad's such a fucking idiot. So when I watched this movie and they were like, "Well, he's gonna jump the pool," I was like, "Oh my god, this movie's about my dad." And my dad loved Evil Can Evil as a kid. And I was like, <laughs> I was like "Oh my." There you go. Yeah, you really resonated with it. I was like, "Oh my god, it. this movie's about my dad." <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. And with that, I think it's time to wrap up the episode. Wrap, I think it's time to wrap it up. Uh, follow us. Thank you for listening. Follow us on uh, socials. Yeah. Twitter, Instagram, every 2007 comedy. Um, yeah, dude. You Australians are consistent. The Thank you, guys. Consistent. Yeah, they come through. And Aussie pride. Aussie pride. We really listen. We love everybody, all of our listeners. We love no. Hey, listen. I love the Australians more right I now. Do. Everyone else needs to step I up do their love game. The Australians the most. We love you. Good mm-hmm. day, Nate, as they say. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. Thank you for listening, CJ. Do you have any final yeah, thoughts and words? Well, I gotta say thank you to Gina Royale for letting us use her song "20 Something" off her album "Yellow." She's Australian, but we'll give her a pass. Yeah, no, her and Australia. It's only those two groups. We don't care about them. Um, and that's all I got to say. Got. Thank you guys for watching, though. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. For listening. <laughs> Thank you for... Oh, God. I fucked you up. You know what? You sound just... You can play it off like you were being the AM host in the movie. Or edit it. Or yeah. Edit it. One of those two. Big shout out. Oh, my gosh. Wait. I, didn't, I spent this entire episode and I didn't flex about seeing the Lonely Island in concert last summer. I saw the Lonely Island in concert last summer. Stephanie Beatrice was there. She opened up the thing and Chris Parnell came out too and they did Lazy Sunday. It was awesome. Thank you. Fuck you. Oh, seven.